Welcome. Before we get started, we should warn you there is some language in this movie. Mm-hmm. So maybe best not have the kids in the car. The first or explain of, to them. First yeah. rule of swearing is not to swear yeah. in front of your kids. That's true. Yeah. So anyway, on with the show. I'm going to make them an offer again. I feel the need. The need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennec. Go ahead. Make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello and welcome everybody to the Best Movies You've Never Seen podcast. And if you heard, if you, the eagle ears out there during the intro would have heard a clip from the movie we're covering today. Finally. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the nerd who's seen all these movies, including this one, Fight Club. I've seen it many times. Saw it at the movies. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) And I'm joined by Trevor Long, who wouldn't know what a Fight Club was if it came up and beat him on the you-know-where. You've never seen this before. I'm positive you've never 100%. seen this before. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what? I'm going to say straight up. I yeah. actually thought I had. Right. There's something about it that I thought I had, but And no. you thought, what the hell uh, is this all about? I absolutely have never seen this movie. I've, oft, I've obviously seen the clip that we play in the intro so yes. many times that I thought I'd seen the movie. Yeah. It was released in 1989. So you've had plenty of time to see it, okay? <laughs> uh, it was actually no, released in 1999. 99, in, in right. 99. Uh, starring Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. Now you'd seen Ed I'm Norton a fan before. of him. Yeah, he's a good actor. Directed by David Fincher, who we've done movies of his before. Social Network was one of the, his. It's funny because when the, the name came up in the titles, I went, oh, I recognise that. There you go. Yeah. There you go. You, uh, you, I don't think you got the millionaire question right, though, last week. No. Yeah, that's all good. Uh, it's based on, though, the Chuck Palunic novel. Now, the novel was called Fight Club. And he came up with the idea for the novel when he was on a camping trip. Now, he was beaten up because he complained to someone about the volume of their radio. So campers nearby, he said, mate, come on, turn your, turn your radio down. The bloke came over, bashed him up, and he was, you know, you could tell he'd been bashed up. Uh-huh. But what, what fascinated him was that no one ever asked him what happened. They'd see the, like he'd scarred up on his oh, face. Oh, right. And no one said to you, what, are you, what the hell have you been doing? Because and- he, he's, his thinking was that, Asking that question would mean they've taken an interest in your life and what you want to do. Hmm. So he sort of had this concept where 
okay, that'd be sort of good base for a, for a, a book. Wow. So that, that's where he got the inspiration because he, like he, he, he got his ass He kicked. got bashed and wrote a book about <laughs> something completely different yeah. but based on that. But get this, though. He said that he found the movie to improve on his work. He says it was, it was an improvement on his novel. Right. Oh, yeah. wow. That, so he was, that, that's, that's not great common. praise. Yeah, that's incredible praise. So, yeah, we, we've established it, if you've never seen this before, but had you any impression, apart from knowing First Rule of Fight Club was if, in the intro? Like, if you if you said to me, uh, name everything you know about Fight Club, I'd say, well, I know it's a movie, I know Brad Pitt's in it, and I know the First Rule it's of Fight Club is, is, is to not talk about Fight Club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and you know what? I also would have said Underground, Basement. Right. That that resonated okay. with me. But right. otherwise, man. Yeah. I would have made if I if I would imagine you were on, you were required to like at an English assignment to write you know here here's a movie title and they write the write the story yeah I, I would have written a completely different story yeah because the fighting in in this movie is it's kind of incidental to the overall it story of, it took a while yeah. to get there and yeah. it wasn't a big part of it overall broadly. yeah no that's true true um the it did have one Oscar nomination was okay. nominated for best sound effects oh, I was just editing. gonna say was it sound because sound man, was amazing I'm listening to this thing last night and it is I'm thinking I'm waking the family here and I don't yeah. care. It was, it was good it, it sound. Was great, and great music too. I yeah. thought it was a very good, uh, really good job there. I've got some uh, more info on who did that. I've actually met the bloke who did the sound for this movie. Uh, after the director finished editing the movie, the studio, it was 20th Century Fox, was actually a little bit baffled by it. They thought, how the hell are we going to market this? Oh, they knew point. they got Brad Pitt. They knew they had Edward Norton. And they're thinking, okay, so what's the hook here? How are we going to get people? And the, the word fight in the title, right, fight club, they thought, well, we need to advertise this for, you know, during sports and MMA and all these sort of the, you know, the boxing and all mm. this. They kind of missed the mark. Like Fincher was a bit disappointed. They thought, well, Fox thought this was just a pure, like a boxing movie. They didn't quite get it. So he was a little bit frustrated by that. Right. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting, it was, a, it, well, I think that's what makes a good movie that it's, it's very hard to pigeonhole. You, you can't yeah. really, is it a drama? Is it a comedy? Like it had elements of everything in it, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. How's this, though? Rupert Murdoch, who was head of Fox at the time, mm. hated it ah. and clashed with the then studio head Bill Mechanic, who had made the decision to put it into production. So uh, Uncle Rupert, not happy. Well, I mean, I'm so fascinated yeah. by that. Does he, cl- does yeah. he clash with him after he put well, – like after he's seen late. it? Or yeah, well, like- he, 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 from the get-go, apparently he didn't like it. But get, get this, though. The film at the box office was a bit of a disappointment. Uh-huh. This is a movie like Shawshank. Shawshank at the box office didn't do much, didn't really break records or anything, was was average. And it became this cult movie that's become just this this massive favourite of a lot of fans. Right. This is similar. This was a, like a sleeper that everyone discovered it after it had its theatrical right, run. Yeah. yeah. All right, this is your last exit before the freeway. We're going to be delving very deep into Fight Club. But if you haven't seen it, you can catch it on Fetch. Absolutely. Along with thousands of movies, you can rent or buy Fetch, rent, rent or buy Fight Club on Fetch. And the great thing about Fetch is it's an aggregator of all the content you want to watch. So it's free-to-air TV, it's subscription TV channels, it's movies, it's also streaming services. So this is a great example. This movie, Fight Club, is available on Netflix, Amazon Prime and Disney+. Plus. Plus, it's available to rent or buy. So if you don't have Netflix, Amazon, or Disney, you can rent or buy it on Fetch. But if you do have one of those, it'll suggest to you that you use one of those to watch it on your Fetch box. So thousands of movies at your fingertips, thanks to Fetch. And it's so easy to use. It's such an intuitive menu system. 
uh, saving the, the content that you watch so that it's easy to rewatch or carry on from where you left off in the case of catch-up TV and more. Lots of great free-to-air uh, free and, of course, uh, subscription TV channels as well. So it is everything entertainment for your home fetch, and you can find out more by going to fetchtv.com.au. Now, you've finally seen this. Yep. So your impressions were, you know, ballpark sort of idea of what it's about. So how surprised were you now that you've seen it and how different your impressions were? Completely and utterly surprised. Like the, <laughs> this, A, the, the, the length of time it took to get to the Fight Club was was yeah. something I didn't expect. Like the whole setup was yeah. different to anything I expected. And then the whole Sixth Sense style approach to well, what the hell's going on okay. here. You're Do you know right what I mean? That? Yes. It, yeah. it was like, what's happening that here? really is that surprising, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> it was so well done. It um, was good, yeah. Big, and, and I'll so. So I, th- I thought it was a great in that sense. It, it did feel a bit long to me. Okay. Now, I've had a long couple of weeks, so maybe that wasn't it was, a great what is it, thing. It was two hours, 220, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, You know, I'm not saying there's bits I would have cut out. I don't think out, there's a special edition either, by the way. I also. don't know there's bits I would have <laughs> cut out, but I, I yeah. just I did feel like it kind of dragged a bit yeah. in some places. Yeah, well, I agree with you there. I reckon they could have tightened it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's sort of David Finch's sort of director where they tell, you know what, mate, you know, give it yeah, a shot. Yeah, I just think in this in the modern world yeah. um, of streaming, it could easily be a punchy two hours. And, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I be agree. great. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it took me by surprise in many ways. So, you know, my tweet in this one is actually a little bit more around – you know, everyone's heard of Fight Club, mm. Brad Pitt, Edward Norton. Yeah. But have you actually seen Fight Club? Because it might actually blow your mind it's, what it, the actual movie is about. It's the sort of movie where if you wanted to fake that you knew about it, you'd be you'd be, re- you'd be shown up really badly. Because you, know, you think, oh, Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, Fight Club, this yeah. and that. And there's a bunch of there's things There's a lot we'll get that goes to, on, yeah. If you don't mention, yeah. you've clearly not seen the movie. No, totally right, totally right. I did see this in at the movies. <laughs> And I was actually invited. I, I was. It was one press trip I did with 20th Century Fox when uh, it came out on Blu-ray, and it was part of like a, I did. I was still working at the Telegraph at the time. I think we did. There was all these movies that were coming out on Blu-ray. Fight Club being one of them, and Ren Kleiss, the sound designer who was nominated for the Oscar, we got to meet ch- chat with him and how David Fincher wanted all these different sounds and different emotions and and. The, the way that he talked about it, thinking, wow, there's real science to this, huh? how yeah. what the director wants to achieve and what they want you to make you feel. Because I was fascinated by, it felt like an extensive use of kind of Foley in some of the, some yeah. of this, because you could, the over overplayed footsteps and things like yeah. that. But then just the the epicness of of the crescendos in it, there's several of them amazing, that, that yeah. really came out through well, the audio. It'll come through the audio or, that we'll play through the show as well, yeah. but a fantastic job he did there. Uh, let's look at the casting call, and Edward Norton plays the narrator. We'll talk about whether you know his name or not a little bit later, oh, but I'm sure you have. Point, you, yeah. You've seen Primal Fear, haven't you? Primal Fear. Isn't that Stig's, one of Stig's favourite movies? Primal Fear. He remember he doesn't mean you, I've watched. Just I remember you asked me. Yeah, didn't you say that? If asked me if that was on the list, he asked if that was on the list. Yeah. Well, tell your mate Stig. Shout out to Rob Rob Lock. He's going to. Uh, we're going to do Primal Fear in the near future. Okay. But Edward Norton was also in Primal Fear. He was in American History X. He was in Rounders. That was a real good poker movie. Rounders right. with Matt Damon. Brad Pitt, of course, plays Tyler Durden, and he was in your wife's favourite movie, Ocean's Eleven. Damn straight. Uh, he won an Oscar for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he was in Moneyball. Recently, we covered yes. Moneyball. Helena Bonham Carter plays Marla Singer. She was in Sweeney Todd uh, with Johnny Depp. And she was also in The King's Speech. 
See, I know the name uh, Helena Bottom Carter, yeah. but I don't. You see her far. Well, you, did you recognise her? Not at all. Yeah, right. Now, she's in, been in a few She has a rather films. iconic face. So, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, she's been in a few big movies. Yeah, right. right. Righto, before we get to the run-through, though, let's talk about our other great sponsor, and that is Hisense. Hisense offer some value, but also great quality and also size as well. When, when you're shopping for a new TV, that's one of the things to consider is just how big you want to go. And Hisense has got you back here. They've got sizes ranging all the way up to 85 inches. And if you want to get a short throw projector, they can also have you there 120-inch picture if you really want to go bigger. But what they do, they offer amazing picture quality with their mini LED TVs. They have quantum dot color technology as well. So really providing amazing color quality and stunning contrast. But also on the sound side, they have a premium sound system built in. It's a 2.1.2 channel system in the television and also providing Dolby Atmos to give you that added immersion, immersive experience when you're watching your movies. And if you're into your sports and action movies, it does have 200 smooth motion. So you, if, if you do like watching sport, there's a lot of fast movement and the high refresh rate means it's going to be a really smooth picture too. Same thing if you're playing games as well. They do have Game Mode Pro with HDMI 2.1. So you can play 4K games at 120 hertz. They've also got the variable refresh rate and the auto low latency mode, which gamers will love. Because when you think about it, we not only will love these screens for our movies, but also to play games, and they're as cinematic as a film. They've also got the Vida U6 operating system, so it really is easy to find your content, really easy to get to the features of the TV to give you an overall great experience. If you're looking for a TV, give Hisense a go. Go into a store, stand in front of the Hisense TV. You'll see the quality, and if you want to check them out online, you can do that, hisense.com.au. Trevor. Mm. For, well, I was going to say, I'm trying to think of a term for this one. Let's uh, buckle up. Let's get ready. Let's punch on. <laughs> let's punch on. Let's do that. Well, here's the thing, though. I watched this on my – I've got this on Blu-ray. Yep. And I put this movie in the disc in the in my player over here. Yep. And what came up on the screen was Drew Barrymore never being kissed was the menu. Right? Right. And I'm thinking, what the hell? What's going on there? I'm thinking, what's <coughs> happening here? then – the, the, the music was playing, then it started going, and sort of the, the picture broke up, and then suddenly Fight Club appeared over the top of it. So it was like a bit of a joke on oh, the Oh, really? Yeah, wow. funny. But the, uh, the, what, the first thing you see is the credits, okay? The credits are with all the yeah, names, quite and you it's like travelling through. I, I took it as what taking you through someone's was? brain. Correct. That's exactly what it was. Right, okay. It was a trip through the brain. Yeah, which... Yeah, you know, foreshadowing. Like it's uh, yeah. it's funny now pick. to to see that. But yeah, I picked okay. it straight up. The but the, oh, and here's again, I love it when you're at the end of the movie, mm. in, at the beginning. So this is the end of the yes, movie at I, the beginning. I get what you're saying. S- yeah. Similar to Hangover. Remember how Hangover? It's at the end. Then we go back. Yep. So this is a similar setup. And all the first thing you see is he's staring at a gun in his mouth, and they're and asking the question, "Do you know Tyler Durden?" And then suddenly all these buildings being demolished in the background. You're thinking, wow, you're just thrown into the deep end here. Yeah. Don't know what's happening. But the next thing we see, though, is the main character who we don't actually know his name. I'll elaborate on that a little bit later. It's a good point now that I think about yeah. it because he doesn't hand it over to her on the street. No. Yeah, no, you're right. And the <clears> name <throat> tags, I'll tell you about them that he uses also. Yep, so he's true. in these support groups for people with testicular cancer. Yeah. 
And did you recognise Bob? Oh, it didn't one? initially, yeah. but then having seen the crowd, I went, oh, that's Meatloaf. It's Meatloaf, yeah. He passed away a couple of years <laughs> and, ago, didn't and he? Yeah. I, I mean, and he, I was, remember. he was wearing a fat suit. He had a. Do you think? And he had like big male breasts, didn't he? Yeah. Because of the. Just, I mean, I'm a, I've a, got man <laughs> boobs, but that was extreme. Yeah. But my thing, the funny thing was, I was well aware that, um, like, when when Meatloaf passed, I know he was mentioned as in yeah. some acting roles, and I think Fight yeah. Club was mentioned. But I, right. I'll be honest, I didn't realise how big a role he had. He had a solid role. It was a very role. big role. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and he comes back a little bit later as well. Yeah. But uh, did you like the fact that he goes, he goes, it's okay to cry. He sort of hugs, yeah, him. hugs him. He hugs him in there. Uh, but we find out, though, that the main character, he's, he's an insomniac. He can't yeah. sleep. He'll go, I can't sleep. Uh, he, I think he goes even goes to the doctor to say, "Can I die from not sleeping?" He uh, <laughs> he he. Uh, the boss tells him, "Look, you got to." He gives him an assignment. You got to head out of town. We find out though, this is a really interesting way this was played out. That he's a real consumer. Like so many others, I had become a slave to the IKEA nesting instinct. <laughs> uh, yes, I'd like to order the Erica Picari dust ruffles. If I saw something clever, like a little coffee table in the shape of a yin-yang, I had to have it. The Klipsk personal office unit, the Hovatrek home exerbike, or the Ohanashav sofa with the string green stripe pattern. Even the Rizlampa wire lamps of environmentally friendly unbleached paper. I'd flip through catalogs and wonder what kind of dining set defines me as a person. Can we just talk about the cinematography production and editing involved in this film yeah, it's so it was labeling all the furniture the label like the real-time labeling of the furniture but also <laughs> even some of those earlier pieces that, that are just there yeah. were some really obscure yeah just transitions and things yeah. i thought it was really fascinating use very, of very imaginative of filmmaking yeah we we see i mentioned he was suffering from insomnia the doctor said listen all you need just take he it said just sleep. please he was begging yes please give me some drugs give me something he goes mate just get some healthy get sleep. sleep, get more exercise, yeah. get the hell out of here. Uh, he heads back to his uh, testicular cancer group meeting, and this is when he's Cornelius, isn't it? Yes, that's right. And he uh, these these are guys who the, the tes- testicular cancer group are for people who've lost the men who've had cancer and had to lose. And because it's the doctor here that says, mate, if if you if you want to see real trouble, go go yeah. and see a you know the blokes that's right who are suffering from testicular cancer. So, so he literally does. He does. But what did you like? How he had the the name tag that he had on was "Hello, I'm Cornelius." Right. Right. Now, the name he uses different fake names. Rupert in one of them. I remember. Yeah. yeah. So, the 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 narrator we're going to call him. He in the self help groups. Cornelius is from Planet of the Apes. Right. Right. He also goes by Rupert, which is from the King of Comedy, okay. which is um, Robert De Niro. And he also has Travis, which is Travis Bickle again, Robert De Niro from Taxi Driver. They're the names he uses. Right. Throughout the movie, just thought you. Is this I the know director you, telling you this, or have you, ma- have no, you just this, made that I, assumption? I knew that. Yeah, no. This, this is well. Who, well you could say it was Rupert from Rupert well, Murdoch. No, this is. I think he's on record as saying. Okay. Yeah, that's his little nod to these. <coughs> right. Other okay. People. Yep. Cool. Cool. So we're we're in the meeting, and he meets. Uh, this is the first time we hear him and him and Bob talking to each other. My name is Bob. Bob. Bob had been a champion bodybuilder. You know that chest expansion program you see on late night TV. That was his idea. I was a juicer. You know, using steroids, diabinol, and Wisterol. Oh, they use that on race horses, for Christ's sakes. And now I'm bankrupt. I'm divorced. 
my two grown kids won't even return my phone calls. Strangers with this kind of honesty make me go a big rubbery one. Go ahead, Cornelius. You can cry. And that's exactly what he did. He let and, go, and that helped him. It, it actually, so yeah. so he literally lets go. Like he thinks this is ridiculous. I'm just yeah. here for a G up. But he puts his head in his in his chest, yeah, and, 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 wet, he, and he actually wet, does weep. Yeah. Uh, and when he takes his head away, you can see basically two eyes <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a face print. Um, yeah. But then, he, like, he goes back home and he has the best sleep he's yeah. ever had. So it actually letting go of his emotions has actually yeah. been the best thing that could ever happen to him. And but but what what he did though, he 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 started going to more group meetings. <laughs> yeah. He was he was just addicted to all the group meetings, and he uh, he I think one, in one of the group meetings, I said to him, "Look, imagine your pain." And walk inside an ice like he's walking inside a cave. You've got yeah, a cave. this is the meditation yeah. healing and group. He goes in the cave and sees a penguin. Now, in that little scene, you know the visible breath. You know when they were breathing yeah. in the cave. That that visible breath was recycled from Leonardo DiCaprio's breath in Titanic. What that are little, you talking that about? That little effect of the breath coming out of his mouth was taken from Titanic. When, you know, when Leonardo DiCaprio... You mean that's CGI? That little breath. Yeah, that wasn't really them breathing in the cold air. Why not? Because it wasn't in the North Atlantic in the, with icebergs around them. It was in a studio. So the breath of the, the mouth, that was that was a special effect. That is fairly unreal. <laughs> that's a, is that a revelation for you? So they took that from Titanic, and that's what they used for Edward Norton as well. I thought that was an interesting tidbit. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but they, he's, he's finding that... He's he's becoming addicted to these group meetings, and uh, but there's one woman who spoils everything. For six months, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. With insomnia, nothing's real. Everything's far away. Everything's a copy of a copy of a copy. And suddenly, I realized that all of this has got something to do with a girl named Marla Singer. Her lie reflected my lie. Oh, you liar! You big tourist! I need this! Now get out! Marla's philosophy of life was that she might die at any moment. The tragedy, she said, was that she didn't. Doesn't have your name. Who are you? So she doesn't know his name either. But just quickly. The support groups the narrator sees on the list. Remember, there was a flash of yes, a list. Yes, right? he pulls the list off the yeah, board. Yeah, and doesn't he's, he? he's trying to check. Yep. There were they were the adult children of alcoholics, <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous, mm-hmm. Certain Resolve, Glorious Day, Incest Survivors Group, Learning to Soar, Overeaters Anonymous, Positivity, Positive Positivity, Sex Addicts Anonymous. Taking flight and triumphant tomorrows. That was the list. Pause the movie just to see that. I took it all down. Now, uh, at this point, he was uh, he's in a cancer group here, and there was there was did you this was like a it was semi funny tragic little bit here where the woman gets up and says, "Look, I've got cancer. I know I'm going to die soon." It starts really serious. the, The group group manager, the group support manager, standing there going, "Yes, well done, congratulations." Then she goes. But I just want to have sex. Yeah, no one wants to have sex with me. I just, <laughs> I like how she goes. Look, because I've, I've got, got everything. I've got porn. <laughs> I've got lubrication, <laughs> and it was like semi-funny, tragic. But um, yeah, he's uh, but he's in the ice again, in the ice cave again, and he sees Marla, and he pulls her aside once again. Hey, 
We need to talk. Sure. I'm on to you. What? Yeah. You're a faker. You're not dying. Sorry. In the Tibetan philosophy, Sylvia Plath sense the word. I know we're all we're all dying, right? But you're not dying the way Chloe back there's dying. So? So you're a tourist. Hmm. Okay, I've seen you. I saw you, I saw you at melanoma. I saw you at tuberculosis. I saw you at testicular cancer. I saw you practicing this. Practicing what? Telling me off. Is it going as well as you hoped? Rupert. I'll expose you. Go ahead. I'll expose you. So that she, was a floor in his plan. I kept thinking, she was interested. Dude, if you're going to expose her, she's yeah. just going to expose exactly you. Right? Yeah, that's right. Did you like the bit where after this that she went into a laundry? She goes, opened up the machine, goes to the laundry mat, grabs her clothes. The clothes. That wasn't her well, clothes. Well, you, but the perception is she grabs the clothes and they, yeah. they're doing a deal here. You go, you do these ones. I'll yeah, do I'll these give ones. You, I want bowel cancer. You take this one. Yeah, they yeah, split yeah. them up and then she goes to a buddy thrift shop and sells the clothes. <laughs> Unbelievable. And that's when the, the, they exchange numbers. But she says. I What's don't have your name. Your name, yeah. Now, let's talk about that. There's a lot of confusion among the fans of the narrator's name. A lot of people think it's Jack due to the his use of the phrase, I am Jack's whatever. A couple of times in, you'll hear him saying, I am Jack's revenge. I'm Jack's this. Right. But others say that he only used that moniker because it was the one he saw in Annotated Reader. So it was like a, a, a name he saw. And... But in in all the when when the movie came out in all the press package packages the character is referred to as Jack. And really? Even, yeah. And on the back of the DVD and in the booklet that's in the in the Blu-ray, the chapter list is referred to in as Jack's chapters. But in the original screenplay, it it refers to him as Jack. But in the closed captions of the film, he's referred to as Rupert, as his name tag yeah, suggests. Yeah. So it's, there's a and bit of confusion. what are the rolling credits at the inside? Well, they just say the narrator. Narrator. Call okay. him narrator. That's kind of what they, they, they stick to. Well, I'm with the, I'm with the fence. Yeah, go with so Jack. Go with Jack, yeah. Uh, next thing, he's up on a plane because, you know, we know he's a, he flies around a different cities. Yep. Did you like this little thing where he was talking about single servings? Like on a plane, you get a single uh, serving of this, single very, serve life. You know me, I'm the complete opposite to, to yeah. Jack here. I don't want a bar of anyone Talk around me. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just sit in my seat. But the idea of everything you do on a plane and also every interaction you have yeah. is a one-off single it's serving. A single serve, Very right. smart. But then he explains, we find out exactly what he does. I was a recall coordinator. My job was to apply the formula. Here's the infant went to the windshield. Three points. A new car built by my company <laughs> leaves somewhere traveling at 60 miles per hour. The rear differential locks Ooh. up. The teenager's braces are wrapped around the backseat ashtray. Might make a good anti-smoking ad. The car crashes and burns with everyone trapped inside. Now, should we initiate a recall? The father must have been huge. You see where the fats burned to the seat with the polyester shirt? Very modern art. <laughs> Take the number of vehicles in the field, A, Multiply it by the probable rate of failure, B. Then multiply the result by the average out-of-court settlement, C. A times B times C equals X. If X is less than the cost of a recall, we don't do one. He's, he's explaining this to a passenger, mm. right? But how, but how like, like pessimistic he is at this point, right, where he's on the, he's on the plane... And he's, he says, looks up, to, when he's flying around, he goes, I just pray we're going to crash. Pray we're going to crash. Yeah. Every time the plane banked too sharply on takeoff or landing, 
I prayed for a crash or a mid-air collision, anything. That was really well done. It was so, mate, that was full on. That was one of those moments where I went, geez, I've got to turn the volume down. This is going to wake the house. They should have heard it in here. The way it came (laughs) came, cut across and it didn't didn't just – so what you could have done, imagine you're the filmmakers, right? You're sitting there in a plane crash. Okay, we'll just let's just show lights coming at the plane and then cut to black. Plane crash, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, you know, planes don't see each other like that. Yeah. No, no. Let's go one step further. Let's make the impact. Let's, let's yeah. bring it apart. Watch, watch it move let's, it apart. Yeah, yeah. let's bring the whole thing. That would have cost it. hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars. That was good, though. I, I think so. David Finch is not the sort of filmmaker who's going to do things by halves. He's going to yeah, really yeah. go to town. I loved how sort of the initial shot was Edward Norton and you saw the window behind him and you saw the plane's light coming towards the yeah. – so outside the, uh, the plane. And then you see the plane virtually stri- – he's sort of witnessing it stripping apart in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Once that little simulation, he sort of wakes up and he's seated next to this gentleman in, uh, in the exit row, in the emergency row. Mm. And this is the first time he meets Tyler Durden. You know why they put oxygen masks on planes? So you can breathe. Oxygen gets you high. In a catastrophic emergency, you're taking giant panic breaths. Suddenly you become euphoric, docile. You accept your fate. Interesting okay. theory, don't you think? I need to know whether there's any truth to that. <laughs> we'll discuss it. It's oh. coming. Oh, I've got okay. some info for you later, but we need to, though. They, this is where, and this kind of, looking back at the movie, this is your first clue about who he exactly is. We have the exact same briefcase. So, sorry, I make and I sell soap. Because he asked him what he does. Mm-hmm. Yardstick of civilization. And this is how I met Tyler Durden. Did you know if you mixed equal parts of gasoline and frozen orange juice concentrate, you can make napalm? No, I did not know that. Is that true? That's right. <laughs> I loved how during the movie he talks about how you can mix this and make nitroglycerin. And dynamite. Yeah, he's, he's, Crazy. he's a, a bomb-making extraordinaire. Well, then that comes back to Hornus later in it anyway. But um, we we discover, though, that he the, the, his, his suitcase is, is uh, taken off the plane and, and, and put aside because it was vibrating. We don't know what the hell was going on there. Yeah. But if did you notice this in the background? When he got off the plane... You see in the background, you see Tyler, Tyler Durden jumping in a car and driving away. Were you watching what happened then? <sighs> he got in, he the, got in he, the car. He, he stole, stole the car. car. He, yeah, stole he stole the car. Because the, the, the guy comes up and goes, oh, my car. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really interesting. But how's this, right? When, when uh, the narrator gets home, he finds out his apartment's blown up. Yes. So all those dramatic, things, yeah. So thinking, situation because because you remember how what a consumer he was with his IKEA furniture and everything. You saw all that on the ground in pieces. Yeah. So he says, well, he he sees all his furniture on the ground. He decides to call Marla. Remember how they exchange numbers? Mm-hmm. And uh, he explains that there was the gas explosion, and she, I don't think she wants anything to do with him. He decides then also to call Tyler Durden, but you remember. No answer. Remember, he's on a public phone? Yes. Calls Tyler Durden. No Nothing. answer. Second later, the phone, phone rings. You know what? As soon as he turned, put the phone down and turned, I went, it's yeah. going to ring. It's going to so ring. he says, okay, it's Tyler. Who's this? Oh, we met on the plane. So next thing we see, they're at Lou's Tavern and explaining to himself, do you like this line? It could have been worse. A woman could have cut off your penis. 
Yeah. <laughs> Is that like a was it what's the name that Lorena Lorena Bobbitt? Uh, remember that story? Yeah, Lorena Bobbitt. She uh, cut her, cut her off. Yeah. Old, old mates, uh, <laughs> once you fall her off. Yep, good times. And he's uh, he's telling Tyler, he's, he's describing all the furniture he lost, and he said, "Mate, what a because we're all what are we consumers? Let's evolve. It's just stuff." Because the things you own end up owning you. So sort of, yeah. he was sort of passing out this philosophy that you think, okay, yeah, this bloke, is, uh, he, he knows a thing or two. But here is the part where they, they are outside the bar and he goes, look, just ask me, ask me what you want to ask me. And he said, what do you mean? He goes, look, you, you called me because you need a place to stay. So just ask me. Yeah. So he says, okay, can I stay at your place? He goes, sure, but do me a favor. Hit me as hard as you can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I love how from this point, though, we cut away because he describes what Tyler does in his other job. Yes. He's a projectionist, right? This, Did you see this bit? Yeah. So I ha- there's so much I have to unpack here. So it's yeah. brilliant. He splices up the films and puts yeah. in a single, puts single, single frame, frame of, of porn. porn. <laughs> And they they sh- they cut to a movie theater where there's a kid watching and just and, they go, Whoa. and there's a girl crying because she's seen it. Now I need to ask. Yeah. There's throughout this movie, there's at least <laughs> five or ten times where there's a there's a flash. Yeah, not that many times. There's one definite one, but I others. Saw, I saw at least three. Yeah. Now I don't they, know if it's porn, but it's, true, it's like yeah. a person that pops up. Yeah. yeah some in, of it's in porn. the frame. Yeah. Or is that was that just a reference to that's, this? That's that's a reference to this. Okay. But it's. Just- <laughs> It's just shocking. I love the scene in the film in the theater where the, the the parents sort of blink at the screen and thinking, "What did I?" Just and the say dad's that? like, "You know what? We're just going to ignore that." <laughs> just, they're just thinking, okay. but the glitching in the in the film yeah. never really resolved itself for me. No, I never really no. understood why that was there. Mate, that's David. It's David Fincher for you, David Fincher. But well, he's you found a loose out. Unit. You found out he's also a banquet waiter, yes. and he's pissing in the lobster bisque. Yes, it's so. uh, it's a pretty gruesome <laughs> situation going on. So we cut back now to the part the car park. And we resume uh, what 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 Tyler Durden asked him to do before. What do you want me to do? You just want me to hit you? Come on, give me this one favor. Why? Why? I don't know why. I don't know. Never been in a fight. You? No, but that that's a good thing. No, it is not. How much can you know about yourself? If you've never been in a fight. I don't want to die without any scars. So come on, hit me before I lose my nerve. Oh, God, this is crazy. So go crazy. Let her rip. Hey, I don't know about this. I don't either. Who gives a shit? No one's watching. What do you care? Wait, what? This is crazy. You want me to hit you? That's right. What? Like in the <laughs> face? <laughs> Surprise me. This is so fucking stupid. <laughs> oh. Motherfucker! Me in the ear. Well, Jesus, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> Why the ear, man? Oh, I fucked it up. Kind of. Oh, that was perfect. Oh, oh. <laughs> then he hits him back. But get this right. Yeah. On the set, Edward Norton actually hit him in the ear. He punched him in the ear. Oh, really? Yes. He was. He was originally going to fake hit him, but he really hit him. In the ear. <laughs> Which when that so that reaction was legit. That was legit. Oh, that's yeah, gold. You got me in the ear. But see, but before the scene, David Fincher pulled him aside and told him to do it. He, uh, Brad Pitt thought he was going to fake it, but yeah. Fincher said, "Hey, you know Fucking what? Hit really hit yeah, him. Beautiful. Don't miss him because it does. I mean, it's a weird style, right? Yeah. Because it's brutal, but it has an impact. It does. Like if that's the reaction, so good. But if you look closely, once he's hit him, 
you take a look, you, your eyes are on Brad Pitt thinking, oh, you hit me in the fucking ear. But in the background, Edward Norton's like half smiling, like thinking, oh, <laughs> you, you look at his face. Very funny. Anyway, I think after that he says, okay, hit me again. And they, they end up bashing the crap out of each they other. They have a solid, yeah. uh, solid yeah. go to. And too. he goes, yep, we should do this again sometime. So anyway, they go back to Tyler Durden's house, and we just we find it's an old abandoned place. Yeah, now, this was strange, don't you reckon? Very, Very strange. strange. Uh, and he said he's been there a year. There's no lock on the door. The, the house and the stairs are in disrepair. And he said, and he did. He wondered, does he own this thing, or is he a squatter, or yeah. what the hell's going on? Right, yeah. nothing works. The showers, the taps, nothing. This worked. is the point. You so you throw, you add the stolen car and this together, and you go, this bloke's. Not who he says yeah, he is. Yeah, what's doing, yeah. This is so, the first yeah. sign that he's not who he says he is. Yeah, So, but but it's intriguing, yeah. You're intrigued. <clears throat> yeah, for thinking, sure. What is this bloke? Uh, they end up having another fight in the car park, but when he's back at work, the boss notices he's got a black eye. Do you remember that? There's one of those yeah. scenes where the boss... But he doesn't say anything. No, he will... Again, I think the reason... Remember what I was telling you yeah, before? Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Chuck Balunic was saying, yes, oh, no one wanted to engage me because they weren't interested. Because it's interesting, that would have to have been a story that the director would have known. Because otherwise, yeah. in writing the screenplay and yeah. reviewing it, you'd be like, why wouldn't he ask the question? Yeah. Well, and the, the whole premise here is... The novel explains is... that. The novel right, explains okay. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, I think that's one of the reasons. But I do love how it's sort of scattered throughout the movie where the scars, and remember he's got blood on his teeth and stuff like that. So um, the the next thing we see is the fight club is growing. Remember there was yeah. more people fighting in the parking lot, but more blokes were involved, yep. more guys fighting. Um, we see all these piles of notebooks in the house. So there's all these little scenes that are intercut. He's like sitting on a on, yeah. a, on a chair made out of out, out, of, yeah, out no, of like the Russell Howard's uh, <laughs> you know news of the week thing where he sits yeah. on the newspapers. Um, and I love how he said, "Look, if you could fight anyone, who would you fight?" He goes, oh, "It's my a boss. cool question, my boss." <laughs> it's a cool question that yeah. they ask several times throughout the movie, doesn't yes, he? Because at one funny. point he says, um, "He says, what about historical figures?" Yeah, and he goes, he "Gandhi." That. Yes. And there's another one that I'll play later. There's a very funny answer that he gives that as well. Uh, but now he says, look, they go to – it's becoming now this more popular event, yeah. right? People yeah. are gathering. So finally, we they head down to the basement and he says, look, every week he has to read out the rules. Every week, Tyler gave the rules that he and I decided. Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Third rule of Fight Club, someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out, the fight is over. Fourth rule, only two guys to a fight. Fifth rule, one fight at a time, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirts, no shoes. Seventh rule, Fights will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule. If this is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. So first go, you've got to get in there. It's a get solid, in there. Uh, solid rule. Nice if this is rules. your first time, you've got to fight. You've got to fight, that's right. And we see more and more people are getting in there. But did were you impressed at how... How ripped Brad Pitt was when he got his shirt not off. Not really, he was because totally he's ripped. Brad Bloody Pitt. <laughs> it's expected, isn't it? And they're talking about, you know, it's not about winning or losing, and uh, and explaining to other people why they had the scars. Remember, one of them said, "Oh no, I fell fell down some stairs." Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they were talking about what you said about right, the historical Gandhi's person, Gandhi, Gandhi, Abraham Lincoln. 
Marla calls in and she said, look, I haven't seen you at any of the groups. Uh, and she was she. She's at clearly that time, she taking said, a bunch of Xanax. Yeah, or she something. said, "Look, I've t- just to get some attention." And yeah, yeah. so they decided to head over. And I think you see Tyler Durden with her. Now here's a scene right where the sex scene between Tyler and Marla was shot Matrix style. Do you remember that bit where it's sort of the, the cameras going around the bed? Yeah. That's they use that same bullet time technique to capture that little scene. Wow! Yeah, so this—that's David Fincher for you. How are we going to shoot this sex scene? Oh, bullet time! <laughs> like, he's just nuts. Because, and to be honest, it was—it wasn't very—it uh, wasn't a big expose. It was a very. No. It was it's hardly any nudity. It's, yeah, you know what? Right. I actually think it's the right kind of sex scene because yeah. it, you know they're having sex. It's, it's out there. Yeah, that's it, right. It yeah. doesn't. You don't need to. You don't yeah. need to be graphic about it. You just need to show that it happened, really. But so do it creatively, and then job done. Absolutely, I thought that was excellent. Yeah. So, um, so at this point now, you think like T- Tyler's obviously doing the doing the deed with Marla. Yeah. And and the narrator's thinking, what do, what are we doing? Like, is it, he he sees her coming in and out of the house. He sees Tyler, and I think she says to him at one point, "Oh, you got some fucked up friends." Yeah. So they're they're sort of they're, there's this thing going on where she's coming over to the house. Remember, she was. She was his nemesis at the groups. Yes. Now she's in his house and and screwing his roommate. And he's like, "What are you doing?" He's what, "What are you doing?" It doesn't he's, make any sense. He's trying trying to keep up with all of this. You're gonna have to keep me up all night. Unfucking believable. <sighs> he was obviously able to handle it. You know what I mean? You fucked up. No, I didn't. Never. No. You're not into her, are you? No, God, not at all. I am Jack's raging bile duct. Are you sure? Jack, he calls him Jack. You can tell me. Believe me, I'm sure. Put a gun to my head and paint the walls with my brains. Well, that's good. She's a predator posing as a house pet. Stay away from that. But yeah, he, I, I'm yeah. all in on Jack now. Have yeah. you re- reheard that? But here's where it gets weirder. Very because weird. Tyler, Tyler says, "Look, you know, to- talks about her and him, and not talking about him to her." Now listen. Can't have you talking to her about me. Why would I talk Say to her? Say anything about me or what goes on in this house to her or to anybody. We're done. Now promise me. Okay. You promise? Yeah, I promise. I promise. I just said I promise. What? It's three times you promise. So fast forward later in the movie, you'll know why he said, don't tell her about me. Mm. Okay. So that's that's one clue there. The, here's another funny scene where this is he hears wild. Him, he hears him having sex, right? And he walks past the door. He does one of those cheeky, I'm going to look through the yeah. door. The door jaw flies open. He's, yeah. he's shocked. <laughs> Brad Pitt's standing there naked yeah. with a glove on. Wearing a glove. Now, when Tyler <laughs> catches the narrator, Edward Norton, looking through the door, he's wearing that rubber glove. That was Brad Pitt's idea to do that. But it caused, though, a bit of a, a bit of a ripple at the production studios. The producer, one of the producers, was a woman named Laura Ziskin, was a little bit uh, like horrified at the scene and asked for it to be removed. Like he's thinking, well, he's you know wearing a rubber glove. What the hell is he doing to her? But it turned out it got the biggest laugh at the test screening, and they kept it in. Well, I mean, she was, was initially offended by it. I'm thinking, that's what you're offended it by. It's funny. You yeah, got these two anyway. like completely yeah. wild off the charts so, people. But once let it go. once she heard about the laugh that it got, they said, "Okay, let's keep it in." Yeah. 
Now, in the office, here's here's another. This was these are funny scenes in the office where he says he's he's obviously drifting off his work. He's writing haiku poems, yeah. And his boss says, like, there's all. He goes, is that blood? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. He questions him, and he sort of he tells him about you know he sees all these bruises from fighting and everything. Cut back to the house. He still hears him having sex and all that sort of stuff. He hears back from the detective. Yes, from about his apartment. Remember, his apartment talked about how up. there was some something put in the lock, yeah. and, that there, and then he mentions dynamite, and he's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" So he's thinking, "What the hell?" That sounds strange because yeah, it was a homemade bomb. Yeah, so they're thinking, "What the hell have you been doing over there?" And he says, "Look, who who would do that?" And the detective's saying, "Look, have you made any enemies?" He goes, "No, the condo that was my life," and he said, "Oh, my suspect? What do you mean?" And so there's that confusion there. Um, Meanwhile, they decide to head to the factory because remember how Tyler Durden makes soap, right? Yep. He goes, what do we need to make soap? We need fat. So we're going to render fat. So best fat is from humans. So they go to a liposuction clinic and to get all the discarded fat. Did you see this thing from the that dumpsters? That was the sickest thing ever. <laughs> One split on the fence, you see it? It all busts. It's just disgusting, dripping oh. down. It must have been nearly real because it was pretty <laughs> – it was it was a substance that didn't look like a full it was, liquid. Like yeah, it, it's like – like I think all, it might have been animal fat or something it was like, because it was disgusting. It sort of had like the egg sort of consistency, yes. Yeah, yes. like a raw egg. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's crazy. It was, a bit, uh, it was a bit weird, eh? But then he's explaining to him though, he's, as he's cooking up, because he's got to he's got to cook it up to, for it to be to turn it into, to turn it into the, uh, the soap, right? So he's explaining though a few things about it. Once the towel hardens, you skim off a layer of glycerin. If you were to add nitric acid, you got nitroglycerin. If you were then to add sodium nitro, dash the sawdust, you got dynamite. Yeah, with enough soap, one could blow up just about anything. <laughs> <laughs> this bike's a loose unit. But what about what he does next? How he's remember how he's got the lie, that the chemical. Oh, that chemical! Yeah, yeah. he puts it on his hand. What is this? This is a chemical burn. Ah! Ah! Hurt more than you've ever been burned, and you will have a scar. What are you doing? Guided meditation worked for cancer. Could work for this. Stay with the pain. Don't shut this out. No, no, no. Oh, Look at your hand. The first soap was made from the ashes of heroes, like the first monkey shot into space. Without pain, without sacrifice, we would have nothing. I tried not to think of the word serum or flesh. Stop it! This is your pain. This is your burning hand. It's right here. Who's going to my cave? I'm going to my cave. I'm going to find my power. Go to my cave. Don't deal with it the way those dead people do. Come on! I get the point of getting No, but your feeling is premature and light. <laughs> this is the greatest moment of your life, man. And you're off somewhere miserable. I am not. Shut up. It's wild. But you know what? At the end, he says to him, you don't know how it feels, and he shows him the scar. Yes. He shows him the same scar it's that exactly he just gave him. exactly the same him, scar. Right? So, Literally yes. exactly the same scar. That's right. But here's the one of the funniest lines. They go then to the department store yes, to, sell, this is a great to sell the soap. It was beautiful. We were selling rich women their own fat asses back then. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so anyway, uh, back in the office, the boss finds the rules of Fight Club in the copier. Yes, right? and brings them to him. And he and says, he says what, "What would you? What are you doing? Who? Who? He goes, oh, the person who wrote this is dangerous. They might come back and shoot their co-workers." And then he snatches the paper out of the boss's hands. Right mm. now, this was released in 1999. Remember, yep. 
the scene where the narrator, the narrator's boss, uh, finds the rules of Fight Club. The, he says to him, he goes, oh, this is someone's going to one day come and shoot up the place. In the early screenings, it got massive laugh. But what had happened between the test screening and the actual cinematic release was the Columbine school oh, God, shooting. Of course, yeah. So that scene, when it was in theatres, did nothing. Yeah. Deadpan, nothing. nothing. So it was it was actually received pretty poorly by some audience members who thought it was a little bit insensitive. But they obviously had no knowledge yeah, of what was going to happen there. It doesn't reflect on the whole movie. It's yeah, just that so scene, really, isn't it? They thought it was in bad taste. Yep. And it actually, the studio, uh, they asked the director to cut the scene altogether mm. to to appease these people. And he considered it, but it led into the next scene where Marla, remember she says, oh, I need you to come and give me a breast exam. Mm. So, so he decided it, he, it, it couldn't, the bridge between the it two scenes. It doesn't really work it otherwise. Did, it would be too, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't work. So he thought, no, I can't, I've got to, I've got, yeah, I can't cut it. Leave it, it in, good yeah, call. Yeah. So yeah, that leads to getting a call from Marla saying, "Oh, you need to check my breasts." And while while uh, just after they do that, she's a very crafty one. This one, remember, she steals the meals on wheels, yes, uh, meals as well. <laughs> and she got one for him. And then, she yeah, stole two. Yeah, and then and then she he does the breast exam, but then he bumps into Bob. Do you Bob, remember he sees Bob big again? Bob. And he says, uh, "Look, yeah, he hugs him." And he, like on he, the street, he notices he's got a bit of a, a bit of a mouse above his eye. Yeah, and, and he, he says, goes, "Oh, he goes, oh, I'm a member." So he's thinking, what the hell? What the hell's like, going on is, here? This, this thing's bigger than the rules of Fight Club aren't being. But you're not supposed to talk about Fight yeah, Club. And now but, he's, th- he's thinking. Yeah. He's thinking about how this thing's gotten out of hand and how big it is. Yeah. And perhaps that Tyler's, you know, growing this thing outside of his purview. Basically. Yeah. So that cuts into the scene where uh, we get back to, like, in that conversation, he goes, have you, have you heard about the guy who invented it? He goes, do you know Tyler Durden? Yeah. Then we cut into the scene where we're back in the fight club again. They're seeing more people. And he says, look, you're breaking the first two rules of fight club because more people are turning up. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then this bloke walks down yeah. the stairs, yeah. suit, big bloke in a suit, yes. who very very quickly becomes known as the owner of the yeah. establishment, Lou. <laughs> And he's just filthy that yeah. this place is being used. But the thing is, he unleashes yeah. on on Tyler. Yeah, and he Unle- lets he lets him though. He lets me. Yeah. Well, he initially, lets him get unle- and up. you think, yeah. hang on a minute, he's he's going a bit soft here. Yeah, then but he gets back. Yeah, then he then he goes back. Oof, <laughs> and and he gets but, an agree. He gets a nice verbal agreement but, to use the club. But don't you love it how he's laughing? He's getting his head smashed in, and he's laughing, laughing, laughing like a maniac yes. during it. But then he gives everyone a homework assignment. Did you like this? Start a fight with a total stranger, and you're going to lose. And there was a great little montage of a. Did you see the guy with the hose? Yeah. And he wets the priest, and the the priest comes back and has a go at him. There's a guy in the car dealership. Remember, he tackles the the, yeah, the dealer, yeah. and so those little things happening nice. in the background. It's, it's it's a nice montage. Yeah. Back in the office, the boss says to him, "We need to talk. You're up for review." They're talking. He starts talking about all the defective parts and how he's got a lot of information. Yep. And, uh, yeah, things take a turn here. Are you threatening me? No. Get the fuck out of here. You're fired. I have a better solution. You keep me on the payroll as an outside consultant. And in exchange for my salary, my job will be never to tell people these things that I know. I don't even have to come into the office. I can do this job from home. (laughs) Who the fuck do you think you are, you crazy little shit? Security? 
I am Jack's smirking revenge. Punches himself in the bashing face. Bashing himself. Like it's a solid bash up of himself, oh, yeah. isn't it? Into a glass table. Good music too in the background, eh? That mm. hurt. Why would you do that? <laughs> oh my god. No! Please stop! <laughs> so good. And it doesn't oh, it. He was sitting there and just goes, boom, punches himself in the face, punches himself again. And then by the time people rushed in, he was kneeling in front of the boss, bloody. But the best thing he did yeah. was was before the people the came in, he, he'd come up to the boss like grabbing, like as if to crawl up him yeah. and put heaps of blood over his hand. So when you when you opened the door, when the security opened the door, what you saw was the bus, the boss with bloody hands, <laughs> and the other guy on the floor kneeling, yeah. the bashed to a pulp. It was such a great scene. Yeah, and then uh, the scene after, straight after that, you see you see him walking out with his with his cardboard box full of yep. his belongings, bashed to a pulp. Now we had corporate sponsorship, so <laughs> he's thinking I'm going to get paid, and I don't have to come to work just to keep that little secret. Um, he said he had a suit against the. Uh, I think Tyler said he had a, a, a lawsuit against the restaurant. Yep. Uh, they're handing out new work assignments, and did you see then? Sort of this is what they call project mayhem was beginning. Yeah. You saw? Did you see there was one scene where they're wiping the VHS tapes in the yeah, that, in the so rental you, store? You've really got to know what's happening there because <laughs> yeah. you've got to know that you know a little bit of power and a big magnet. We'll wipe tapes. Wipe so tapes, back in the days yes. at a radio station, you'd have reel-to-reels. Yeah. You'd put them in the tape eraser. You'd push a button, zzz, lots of yeah. power, magnet, and it would erase the tape. And that's – if you took that through the VHS store, that would wreak – it's a subtle havoc. Wiping all It's a subtle yeah, havoc because yeah. you won't know for at least 24 hours – but brilliant. They went further, though. Remember, they were changing the direction of the tire guards? You know, yes. when you drive over it, oh, the I love spikes that. don't hurt you. They changed the direction yeah. of the tire guards. They were smashing up cars in the, uh, in the, in, on the street. They were putting bird seed above the car dealership so they so shit, they shit all, all over, over the cars. cars. They blew up the computer store. Yeah. Right? But here's the scene where, right, it's time to make a human sacrifice. And you're thinking, what the hell are they going to do here? Yeah. Remember the bloke in the convenience store? Yes, because he says, he grabs him, a gun yeah, yes. and he says, we've got to have a human sacrifice. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. What they the hell is going on They take the guy, remember, out the back. Take he him goes, out the back. Give me a wallet. And he says, uh, he goes, he says, today you're going to die. And he says, would you rather be dead? He goes, I'm going to keep your license. He goes, I'm going to check in on you. And he goes, he asked him, what do you really want to do with your life? He goes, he wanted oh, to be I want to be a vet. He goes, okay. And here you he are goes, in I'm a hold you. He store. says, I'm going to hold you to it. I know where you live. And, and, and So he, he basically threatens yeah. the guy with, 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 with death yeah. only to make him go off and follow his dreams. Yeah. And I love the line he says here. Like uh, The narrator is saying, what the hell? What the fuck are you doing? He goes, he goes tomorrow is going to be the most beautiful day of that guy's life. He's going to realize he needs to do something more with his yeah, life. Yeah. So he's kind of a... You know, help helped him. That's along the I'll way. be honest. That's to the point where Hard. the movie I go. This is some wild shit. Yeah, but this but, movie is wild. But the havoc continued. Remember, all the places are exploding, yep. including a coffee shop. Now, Starbucks pulled their name from the coffee shop destruction scene. They didn't want to see that. Um, they 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 thought, well, you know what? If this stuff's blowing up, we don't want our brand all over it. Yeah, right. Fair enough. Now, in the house, Marla's still there. She's still going to the groups. Uh, they're, 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 we're suddenly seeing now more people living in the house, yes, he's building built bunk, bunk beds bank, and stuff. Downstairs, yep. So we're thinking, what the hell? So they're, they're all, all coming in there thinking, all these young guys, it's like they're coming to be trained yes. or something. 
Um, and they're thinking, well, why would Tyler build an army? What the hell are they doing, right? And there was these recent, uh, on the news, there were breaking news about the acts of vandalism. Yep. One of them was a smiley face on the building. Big smiley that? face yeah, on the yeah. building with, with flames as eyes. But there was also someone apparently investigating what they were doing. And they thought, well, you know what? The We need to well, take this, take some action here, take action against the possible investigator. That's from Tufts Hacksack, Bob. Man, these balls are ice cold. Hi. You're going to call up your rigorous investigation. You're going to publicly state that there is no underground group. Or these guys are going to take your balls. They're going to send one to the New York Times, one to the LA Times press release style. Look, the people you are after are the people you depend on. We cook your meals. We haul your trash. We connect your calls. We drive your ambulances. We guard you while you sleep. Do not fuck with us. Solid. That was a good scene, you so, know, the whole banquet so and moving on. Yeah, it was great. This is the, the, the point of the movie where, right, things are starting to go in a slightly different direction. Mm. Now, the next thing we see is they're in the car together, remember? And yep. he's, he's talking to him. He says, look, forget about what you know. Forget about you and me. He, he said, look, you're pathetic. He goes, why do, you, why, do you think, why do you think I blew up your condo? This is where, this this is where you're thinking, like, what the what? fuck, right? You're thinking, what? And they drive. Remember, he's driving him, and he and he starts letting go of the wheel. The, the wheel's drifting on the car, and it nearly goes into a yeah. head-on. So he hits another car. He intentionally then crashes it. Yeah, and then he suddenly he's he's he wakes up thinking, was what did you think? Did you think fuck it was that a dream? Was I dreaming that? No, I just thought this bloke is a loose unit. Yeah. He's now. Not just happy with destruction on the city. He's now creating destruction in their own lives. So did you also so see weird. here all the licenses on the back of the door? Yeah. This, the so he was doing this, yeah. So he was doing this to a lot more people. And he's, he's asking, he goes, Where, where's Tyler? Where's he gone? He sees plans, sees even more people. Project yep. Mayhem totally underway. Marla arrives, remember? And he says, look, Tyler isn't here. Now... The other assignment, there were people out there destroying public works of art and yep. ruining monuments, right? And apparently there was dramas. The police the police were they were under fire from the cops, and they find out that Bob, remember Meatloaf, Meatloaf got, got shot. shot and killed in the back of the head, yeah, and, and they, his body's they, there. They thinking, bring him into the, the house, fuck? and he lo- lifts right. up the cover, and he's like, oh, my God, but the back of his head's gone. They find out, though. They say, look, in Project Mayhem, we have no names, but Bob's name, his full name was Robert Paulson. And, and and they kept chanting that his name. The was narrator Robert Jack Paulson. keeps saying it, and so they think, "Hang on a minute, this guy's our leader. We need to say it." Yes, so he's asking us to say it, so they chant. That was weird. Yeah. Now, he the narrator's thinking, "Well, what the hell? I need to find Tyler. I need to trace, retrace his steps." And they're thinking, "Well, we need we need to start somewhere." I went to all the cities on Tyler's used ticket stubs, bar hopping. I didn't know how or why, but I could look at 50 different bars and somehow I just knew. I'm looking for Tyler Durden. It's very important that I talk to him. I wish I could help you, sir. That good's the music, I think. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Very well done. I went to, as soon as I set foot off the plane, I knew a fight club was close. Look at my face. I'm a member. Now, I just need to know if you've seen Tyler. 
I'm not exposed to speak any such information to you, nor would I even <laughs> if I had said information you wanted at this juncture be able. But in his travels too, he hears, you know how people gossip, mate? They heard stories? We've just heard the stories. What kind of stories? Like nobody knows what he looks like. He has facial reconstructive surgery every three years. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Is it true about Fight Club in Miami? Is Mr. Durden building an army? So you're, you're at this point. What are you thinking? Like, what, what's going on here? At this point, you can't pick it, can you? you no, can't the, pick no. It. I'll be. I did not pick any any of it yes. in reality. At this point, I'm thinking this Tyler guy has just gone full loose cannon. Yeah. Uh, Jack needs to find him, and he needs to stop him because it's out of control. His name is Robert Paulson. So he catches them chanting that. Yeah, Welcome back, people. sir. How have you been? Do you know me? Is this a test, sir? No, this is not a test. You were in here last Thursday. Thursday? You were standing exactly where you are now, asking how good security is. As tight as a drum, sir. Who do you think I am? Are you sure this isn't a test? No, this is not a test. You're Mr. Durden. You're the one who gave me this. And he holds up the chemical burn. Now, I don't know if you, if you at this point, are twig, but at this point, I'm just thinking, oh, my God, this bloke's now stolen his identity. Yeah. Well, this next, the next bit, I think, is what confirms it when he calls Marla. Have we ever had sex? What kind of stupid question is that? Please, did we do it or not? You fuck me, then snub me. You love me, you hate me. You show me a sensitive side, then you turn into a total asshole. Is that a pretty accurate description of our relationship, Tyler? We have just lost cabin pressure. <laughs> so she, yeah. So that that realize, line, that line there, we've lost cabin pressure. Is is the summary of the whole movie? You yeah. know, you love me, you hate me, you you know yeah. that. It's the it's the split personality. It's the Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde yeah. kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? That's where you realize, wait yeah. a minute. Yeah, and then sort of we we kind of see Tyler and we realize exactly who he is here. Yeah. Say it. Because we're the same person. That's right. We are the all singing, all dancing crap. I don't understand this. You were looking for a way to change your life. You could not do this on your own. All the ways you wish you could be, that's me. Look like you want to look. I fuck like you want to fuck. I am smart, capable, and most importantly, I'm free in all the ways that you are not. Oh, no. Tyler's not here. Tyler went away. Tyler's gone. What? This is impossible. No, this is crazy. People do it every day. They talk to themselves. They see themselves as they'd like to be. They don't have the courage you have to just run with it. Now, when Chuck Palunic was writing his book, he didn't know when he was writing it that Tyler Durden and the narrator were the same person. So he was writing the story. He's obviously what they call a pantser, so he's writing by the seat of his pants. He obviously didn't plan the book. He right. just wrote it. He just wrote it. And he didn't do until he was two thirds of the way through writing the story. That's when he went, hang on a minute. He says, you know what? I'm gonna make this we're gonna th- make I mean, them the same because person. Even, you know, two thirds of the way through the movie, you could see them as two separate people. Yeah. It's only when like even when he's out catching planes to try and track him down and follow in his footsteps, mm. still two people. Still two, yeah. It's right. only yeah. when 
he starts to get the wink from people and the nod from people that it's like, hang on a minute, they all think he's Tyler. Yeah, and the, the, he also has his flashbacks that sort of you see like a third-person view of his interactions with Tyler. Yes. And he's he's not with He's him. not there. He's, he's alone. Even to the yeah. point where he's when he when he's first dragged he's dragged him uh, he's dragging them behind the behind the bar. Yeah. And he's actually there's, there's no not one. there. He's alone, yeah, I know. Mm. So uh they're back at the house. He sees the tubs used to make the soap and he's uh calling companies because remember the, the mission here was Project Mayhem. Mm. One of the one of the things he said, look, he was complaining about the credit card companies and says, look, well, we've got something to show them. Uh, he's he's talking to with uh, with Marla and she remember they meet at the coffee shop and they this is finally where he accepts that he's Tyler they're, yep. they're talking but she won't with each other she won't hear him out because yeah. she's just seeing the same idiot like she's yeah. just hearing the same rubbish but do you remember That's when tough. they were in the cafe when the the waiter comes over and goes oh, anything, anything in the cafe you, you want free and charge. she orders the crap lobster bisque or something and 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 the the waiter goes to him don't yeah, not the don't lobster. Order lobster they're clearly <laughs> pissing in that still That's right. <laughs> and then he says look remember that he gives her the money to leave he says look here off you go and then she says look you're the worst thing that ever happened to me so it gets it, it really picks up pace from here yeah. where they're they're talking to the police and he's he he goes in to like turn in, himself, himself in. up yeah. yeah and he goes look you need to arrest me he goes I'm responsible for all this vandalism and he says look you go to the house you'll find the body of Robert Paulson there's tubs there we're making nitroglycerin we're planning attack attacking the credit company buildings and the officer said you you told us you'd say that yeah <laughs> well he can't even turn himself in right so he even snatches the gun from the officers. Run, runs out of the station, runs down the street, goes into the buildings and sees the van full, full of, explosives. of explosives. And Tyler's there. He sees Tyler and well, who he thinks is Tyler. Well, this is this is a bit easier to watch now because at this point yeah. he's you know he's trying to defuse a bomb, and then it's really just the it's the so good, it's this it's inner good conflict now that's it's happening. Your, it's the little little good person, little bad person on your yeah. shoulder. <laughs> that's what it is. It's it's your inner conflict. And it's watching it play out for him. And so now we see it's kind of the end has become the beginning. Yeah. So the ending is him, gun in his mouth, back in the building. We guess you get a front row seat to the end of the world. Uh, And he says, oh, look, I must be having a hallucination. Look, it's already done. Uh, He puts the gun to his chin and shoots himself, Mm. but kind of misses. It comes out of the side of his mouth. Apparently, yeah. Thinking, whoa. But Tyler drops. So Brad Pitt drops to the ground. Yet he's there. They drag Marla in, and she's there. Look, leave her with me. And he said, "Who?" He goes, she says, "You shot yourself." And he goes, "You met me at a very strange part of my life." <laughs> because that, yeah. I mean, and then by the and way, and then the buildings all start exploding all, and just collapsing in front of him. Because, like, you're thinking this is not really going to happen. They're not really going to yeah. blow up all these buildings, but <laughs> it all happens. It all blows up. It all, yeah. it's all there. There's you, no, there's no closure on that. It's yeah. just, it's over. Did you notice one of the buildings destroyed in Project Mayhem is is look? You're looking over what the part of LA called Century City. Right. One of the buildings was the Nakatomi <laughs> building, so Fox Plaza. <laughs> now the narrator starts by saying that there were twelve buildings that are going to be reduced to smoldering rubble by the Project Mayhem, uh, and they were identified as credit card companies. Which uh, the narrator tells the captain, he goes, "It's going to erase everyone's debt." Yeah, that, 
That's bit, impossible. A little bit it's Mr. All, Robot there, a bill, isn't it? Yeah, but it's all... Do you remember it, that? That was yeah, a whole... it's similar, yeah. But he said, look, credit card records are all stored on supercomputers and uh, knocking down a building is not going to actually erase all the Well, they do say the uh, six companies and a data centre or something. They yeah. mention a data company or something. It, it was an act of terrorism. It was like oh, yeah. Project Mayhem terrorism. Righto. Did you catch the line? And this is... Uh, this is when uh, he meets Marlo and she explains why she's going to the groups. Oh, God, why are you doing this? <sighs> it's cheaper than a movie and there's free coffee. <laughs> cheaper than a movie Very and free good. coffee. Here's the iconic line of the movie as well. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. <laughs> Very good line. Now, here's another. Oh, this is another great little who would you fight discussion as well. If you could fight any celebrity, who would you fight? Life or dead. Doesn't matter. Who'd be tough? Hemingway. 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 Shatner. I'd fight William Shatner. <laughs> right, how did that happen? A couple of little plot holes here. Bob wears a shirt during the fights. Yeah. Do you remember one of the not rules? Was? To, yeah. We're allowed to wear a shirt, but because of the uh, that being one of the eight rules, you're not allowed to wear a shirt or shoes. That was because Meatloaf had a fat suit on that yeah. had to be covered up during the scenes. Uh, when Tyler is discussing the oxygen mask, his oxygen mask theory, yep. incorrect. <sighs> Breathing 100% oxygen does not create a state of euphoria. In a loss of cavern pressurization, it is hypoxia, lack of oxygen, that can induce euphoria. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. Things you might not know, mate. There is a... Oh, sorry, by the way. Yeah. One of the other silly little things in this movie yeah. was in that, that scene he shows all the people are very happy and everything in their exits, in the exit Yeah, on the, on the car. And then yeah. later on, there's a scene where they're, you know, they're mayhem and they're putting fake uh, exit cards that, that have the, the fear yeah. built in, dr- like drawn into the faces. <laughs> it's just such a little thing, there's, mate, that's but it's why, well done. That's why this movie, and I've watched it very multiple re-watchable. times, there's a lot of things you pick up in it, even, even on the 10th watch, yeah, there's right. things in it. Things you might not know. Now, the Friday that the film in, – in the U.S., the films are released on a Friday. Yep. Now, Rosie O'Donnell appeared on her TV show and revealed – she said that she'd seen the film earlier in the week and was unable to sleep ever since, <laughs> right? So what did she do? Gave away the plot twist. Oh, really? Before it came out. She, she told wow. all the viewers, avoid the movie at all costs – uh, and in the DVD commentary track, they do talk about uh, what Erosio O'Donnell did. They call it, it was unforgivable what she did, giving, wow. away, giving away the plot twist. During the shooting of the movie, Helena Bottom Carter wanted the makeup artist, when she was applying her makeup, she wanted her to do it with her left hand, her non-dominant hand, so it looked like her makeup was put on yeah, a little bit in more, a hurry, yeah, yeah. a bit rougher. Yeah. According to the author... Much of the specific content of the mo- of the novel, like splicing single frames of porn into movies, attending support groups for the terminally ill, erasing videotapes, mm-hmm. he gathered all that from stories told to him by friends and other things his mates actually did. <laughs> so he's got a, some crazy friends over there. Very much so. The movie line, the first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight, Fight Club. Club, was voted the number 27 best one of the 100 greatest movie lines. It was mm. voted number 27. That makes sense. Did you notice three detectives in the movie? Detective Andrew, Detective Kevin, and Detective Walker. 
Now, this is a, a, another film of David Fincher. The film, one of his early movies was called Seven with Brad Pitt in it as well. The writer of that movie was Andrew Kevin Walker. Jesus a little Christ. bit of a shout out to his mate there. He also did some uncredited work on the script, okay. like club script. Uh, in an interview with a UK film magazine, David Fincher claims, and again, a reason to rewatch the movie, that there is in every shot of the movie, there is a Starbucks cup, coffee cup visible. Every shot. Every shot of the movie, there is a Starbucks coffee cup. So go back and watch it what again. What is this, Game of Thrones? Fair dinkum. <laughs> That's a good reference, mate. Yeah. You saw that was a blooper, eh? That, oh, I've heard about it. That's it was, very it was pretty, good. pretty very wildly good. written about. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? The famous line, the first rule of Fight Club, yep. is you do not talk about Fight Club, is, is a... Is a great is great advice not only in the movie mm. but for people who see the movie because you don't want to give away. The That's plot a good twist. point. Yeah. So first rule of Fight Club: do not talk about Fight Club. So after you so if someone it, says, "Oh, don't should, give should it I away," see it? you go, "Well, first rule of Fight Club is I can't so, talk so about that, Fight so, Club." But that way, you're not going to give away the That's plot right. twist. Right? Brilliant. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Now, if looking back after you've noticed that Tyler Durden and and the narrator are the same person. If you look back, there are never any over-the-shoulder shots of Tyler. What that means is that, you know, say, you know, when the camera's yep. focused on someone and you see the other person's shoulder out of focus in the foreground, no shots of that were in the movie. Right. So if you look back and say, so, okay, well, it's like when we do The Sixth Sense, you'll see that similar things there as well. In the end, when the screen starts melting, what did you see? A little frame picture of... A penis. <laughs> right at the end, right as uh, just before the credits popped up. I was pretty keen. Radio, that is the that's Fight Club. Uh I'd love to hear your wrap up and rating. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Um it was as I said earlier, it was a bit long for me. Um, but it was a great story. I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's it's look, it's not the greatest movie I've ever seen. It's definitely like an eight, eight and a half. We're gonna give it okay. eight and a half. Eight and a half, okay. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, solid, uh, solid because, because yeah, solid plot, nine for me. I plot give it a twists nine. are quite rare, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, it's tough. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, they're not a rare, but, did, re- but not I'm, a regular thing. I was looking forward to you seeing this and and when that and gauging your reaction to that twist because uh, it's quite mate, a twist. It's really good twist. I struggled it, not to text you last night uh, because <laughs> I knew that you'd, you'd, you'd rope me into telling you what yes. I thought of the movie. But good, uh, good. Yeah, oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Very good. All right. Well, that was Fight Club. Let's cast our mind forward, shall okay. we? Okay. To next week's movie. Next week's movie is The Wedding Singer, right. starring Adam Sandler oh, yeah. and Drew Barrymore. This is a great movie. Very funny. Set in the 80s about a guy whose aspiration is to be a singer, and he, he gets a gig. He's, one of his gigs to get him by is yeah. a, being a wedding singer. Yeah. Very funny movie. Now, Adam Sandler... And Drew Barrymore have been in a few movies together. How many movies have they made together? A, one, B, two, C, three, or D, four? I'm going to say three. Correct. They were in The Wedding Singer, yeah. Fifty First Dates, and Blended. Three movies Blended. that they were in together. I don't want to see Blended. Fifty First Dates was uh, she plays a woman with uh, short term memory loss. She doesn't know every day. Every day yeah, she's yeah. got to be reminded about everything, and, yeah. and so that's why it's called Fifty First. Which, dates. by the way, did I, I think I might have told you this or did I show Stig? But because it's movie related, I'll share it with you. I saw a great tweet or meme, you might want to call it. But it was, um, uh, I think, a great movie idea, a great pitch for a movie would be to market a sequel to Groundhog Day 
and then just re-release the original. <laughs> That'd be a good. Uh, April Isn't that Fool's a great Day idea? Joke. That's a good April Fool's. Just Day do, joke. you do the whole press junket, Groundhog Two, everything. You do the whole press <laughs> and junket, it's the same movie. and it comes out in theaters, and it's the same movie. <laughs> I don't think people will see the funny side of that. I think it's hilarious. Anyway. All right. Well, that was Fight Club. Thank you for joining us for that movie. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. But we look forward to seeing you next week for The Wedding Singer. Trevor, see you then. See you then.